Well, hello there. Welcome to Servant's Heart Chapel. This is Pastor Daryl. Uh, due to uh, the pandemic, we had to uh, shut down live church activities for at least a couple weeks. So we've got stuff going on Zoom. If you'd like to participate, uh, please let us know. Um, we'd love to have you as part of our, our, our church family. So we're going to do things a little bit different uh, for the next couple of weeks. I'm just going to give um, a little devotional uh, today. I hope it's a blessing to you. Uh, today is the first Sunday of the Advent season. Advent season are the, the four weeks before Christmas, and today is the first Sunday of Advent. And each Advent season, we, we focus, we like to focus on uh, the gift of Christ and, and the coming of the Messiah and what that means to us. Uh, and so this season, we'll be talking about the gift of a son and the different names given to that son. If you have your Bible with you, you can turn to Isaiah chapter 9, verses we're going to read verses 1 through 7. 700 years before Christ, Isaiah had a prophecy given by God. He penned these words in, in ancient Hebrew. Nevertheless, the gloom of the distressed land will not be like that of the former times when he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will bring honor to the way of the sea to land east of the Jordan and to Galilee of the nations. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. A light has dawned on those living in the land of darkness. You have enlarged the nation and increased its joy. The people have rejoiced before you as they rejoice at harvest time and as they rejoice when dividing spoils. For you have shattered their oppressive yoke and the rod of their on their shoulders, the staff of their oppressor, just as you did on the day of Midian. For every trampling boot of battle and the bloody garments of war we burned as fuel for the fire. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. Dominion will be vast and its prosperity will never end. He will reign on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish and sustain it with justice and righteousness from now on and forever. The zeal of the Lord of armies will accomplish this. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word and we pray for your blessing upon us. We ask whoever hears this will be encouraged and blessed, drawn closer to you. We ask all this in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Here during this 700 years before Jesus, Israel is going through a very dark time. There's great turmoil and war going on and famine and struggle. Uh, and, and Isaiah speaks about future events as if they've already happened. Um, speaks in the past tense. Um, and uh, speaks of people being in darkness and we know that now to, to speak to a greater, the greater reality that all of mankind 
once we had turned away from God, once we had sinned against God and created this vast gulf between us and God that we could not cross on our own at all, we were separated from him. We were clearly in darkness. And we've seen the results of that darkness in, in, in our world and in, in our communities, our families, our friends, the suffering that goes on due to sin. Uh, we see that darkness. But they saw a great light, and that, that light being represented in, in a child being born, a very special child. Um, and that child uh, was Jesus Christ. He uh, was fully man, fully human, and completely God. God, the person of Jesus Christ, of Jesus, the Son of God, had, had allowed himself to be uh, made into the form of a man, a little lower than the angels. Actually, uh, the Bible talks about that. Uh, that man is a little lower than the angels, and so God made himself a little lower than the angels in order to rescue us from our predicament of being separated from him. And Isaiah goes on to talk about the different names given to Jesus. Uh, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. As some translations speak of wonderful and counselor as two different terms. Um, while others mention it as, as wonderful being a modifier of counselor, I feel that's more consistent with the rest of the sentence because the other clauses have modifiers and the terms such as Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace, or Peaceful Prince. Um, and so uh, we, we have these four terms that we're going to talk about over the next four weeks. And this Sunday, we are going to uh, talk about Jesus as our wonderful counselor. Now, what do you think of when you hear say, say, say the term wonderful counselor? Oh, I had this wonderful counselor. Probably thought, you know, I had this great therapist that really helped me, really helpful, really great person. Um, and... When the Bible speaks, uses the term wonderful counselor, it's much more than that. Um, first off, the, the word counselor, we're not just we're not talking about like a therapist. We're talking about an advisor, a strategist, one who figures something out, how to accomplish something. We had a serious problem that no one else could, could, could fix, and that is we were separated from God due to the sin in our hearts, and, and there was no way we could fix it on our own. Uh, and not just, Jesus was not just a, an advisor or a strategist, but a, a counselor. He was a wonderful one, which uh, that, that word literally means extraordinary, awe-inspiring, amazing. Um, it's It's... When, ever been amazed by? Has God ever amazed? I, I hope God, at some point and multiple occasions, has amazed you. Uh, when you something just beyond your comprehension happens, you're like, "Wow, I don't understand how that happened, but I know it was God." It inspired awe in you, and that that's what the word "wonderful" in this context uh, literally means. This amazing counselor, He's, he amazes us. Um, and Christ has certainly amazed me by what he has done. I'm amazed that he became poor. 
Second uh, Corinthians 8 9 says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. I I don't know about you, but I cannot comprehend the 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 level of change that occurred when Jesus, who had everything in heaven, um, all power and glory in heaven, left all that to to become poor like us. Um, that that difference, that change, is is be way beyond my comprehension. I'm amazed that he became poor. I'm also amazed that he took our place. Second Corinthians uh, five twenty one says. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. He didn't have to take our place. He didn't deserve to take our place. Jesus never sinned. He had no sin, but he became sin for us, for you and me. And that amazes me. That's beyond my comprehension. I don't understand you know, how he could do that. But I'm glad he did. I'm amazed that he came back to life. I mean, think about his resurrection. He was crucified. He died and he was buried. And, and he laid there dead for two whole days. He was dead. One of my favorite books is uh, The Christmas Carol. And Charles Dickens, is, Dickens opens up with how Marley was dead, dead as a doornail, and it was important to make that point clear that Marley was as dead as a doornail. Otherwise, he said the rest of the story would hold no value. And, and Jesus is the same way. It's important to understand that Jesus was completely dead. Yet, on the third day, against all odds, God triumphed over the grave by raising Jesus from the dead. Now that amazes me. And you know that Jesus not only amazed us, the Bible talks about the angels being amazed in Luke chapter 2, verse 8 through 14, it says, In the same region, shepherds are staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over the flock. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were terrified, but the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the city of David, a Savior was born for you, who is Messiah the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You'll find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly there was a multitude of the heavenly hosts with the angel praising God and saying glory to God in the highest heaven on peace and peace on earth to people he favors. Host of heaven was amazed at this reality and we know that by what happened that night and by what's written in First Peter 1.12 that talks about the preaching of the gospel and ends with 
angels long to catch a glimpse of these things. The angels, they longed to, to, to see, to know what's going on. They wondered. They, they longed, how was God going to fix this? They, they did not know. And, and, and the reality of it amazed them that God would make himself a little lower than them in order to save mankind. It amazes me that Christ uses us as proof of his amazing counsel. Did you know that? In Ephesians chapter 3, verses 8 through 13, it says, This grace was given to me, the least of all the saints, to proclaim to the Gentiles the incalculable riches of Christ and to shed light for all about the administration of the ministry hidden for ages in God who created all things. There's this mystery God held uh, close. Verse 10, this is, So that God's multifaceted wisdom may now be made known through the church to the rulers and authorities in the heavens. Did you catch that? The, the rulers and authority, we don't know exactly who that's referring to, those angels or, or demonic spirits, the, the fallen angels. We don't know exactly, but Paul was saying that God was revealing his wisdom, his multifaceted wisdom through us as the church. And it's certainly not by our doing. It's not by anything that we've accomplished. 1 Corinthians 1, 26-29 says, Brothers and sisters, consider your calling. Not many were wise from a human perspective, not many powerful, not many of noble birth. Instead, God has chosen what is foolish in the world to shame the wise, and God has chosen what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God has chosen what is insignificant and despised in the world, what is viewed as nothing to bring to nothing what is viewed as something, so that no one may boast in his presence. Um, so, in sp- not, not because of us, but in spite of us, God uses us as proof. God, our changed lives, our changed hearts, uh, the 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 salvation, the sanctification that takes place, all these wonderful things, the spiritual growth, the the, the following after Him, and, and and rejection of the world, and all that is in it for Christ. This is what God uses proof to the rulers and powers in heaven. What a wonderful strategist Jesus has been. He's been a wonderful counselor, not just then, but now too. He continues to be through his spirit. I hope he's been a wonderful counselor to you as well. I think back over the years how he has helped me, helped me, uh, counseled me, 
in, in, in my heart and the development and growth in my heart with the lying uh, that I, I used to be dishonest and, and God had worked in my heart a slow uh, change. And I noticed a, you know, a, a change in growth and in his counseling to me regarding my temper. I had a bad, very bad temper over the years. God worked on that. And I, I kept getting a little better and a little better over time. He has been there for me each and every time to discipline me when I needed it, encourage me when I needed it. Uh, he has always been there for me. And I encourage you, if you haven't yet, to trust in his counsel. Many years ago, a missionary to South America uh, had been staying with a tribe, did not know the gospel, did not know Jesus at all. And he was having a little trouble. Um, he was having a little trouble communicating the gospel to them because they did not, as far as he could find, they did not have a word for faith. And one night while he was laying in his hammock, they slept in hammocks, he, it occurred to him uh, how to communicate faith. Uh, their hammocks in these big huts, they're tall, very tall huts, and they would hang the hammocks way high in the rafters uh, along the wall, uh, high off the ground, uh, probably to be safe from predators, I assume. Uh, and the only thing keeping that hammock from falling and severely injuring uh, I, the person laying in the hammock uh, was how that hammock was secured uh, to that rafter. And uh, so he went to the tribe and, and started telling them to hang their hammock on Jesus. And they immediately got it. So I want you to trust him. Hang your hammock on him. Whatever is going on in your life, stop trying to be in control of it and turn that control over to Jesus and just trust him to lead you. And let yourself be amazed at what happens. God bless you this week. We'll talk to you next week, Lord willing.